Hey everyone, it's Lucas Matney. Welcome to Chain Reaction, where we unpack and explain the latest in crypto news, drama, and trends, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. So for this week's interview, I sat down with Edward Saatchi. He's the founder of Fable, and he's the former head of the Emmy award-winning Oculus Story Studio. He's a really creative guy. He's one of the founders of the Culture DAO, which looks at how different forms of technology and artificial intelligence can evolve storytelling as an art form. We had a really wide-ranging conversation. This was a little bit of a different interview. We chatted about decentralized governance, the role of AI in the metaverse, how millions of AIs are going to get together to kind of build the future of our online experience, and how DAOs are doing in 2022. So there was a lot of topics, but let's dive straight into it. Edward, it's great to have you on. Great to be here. So I've known you for a fairly long time, and you have always been pretty passionate about storytelling and how different forms of technology can kind of interact with that as a thing. So I guess like when you're thinking about AI and VR, there's some pretty clear ways that that can kind of influence how a story is told. How does that work with crypto? I'm curious. Well, I think I'm not personally a fan of the idea that crypto means that you can choose what the next part of the story is, that you can decide the ending, you can vote. I think what crypto can do is incentivize artists in a completely different way and empower storytellers, incentivize storytellers, pay storytellers so that they can quit their jobs working the grind in the VFX industry or working on you know, Toy Story 18. Mm-hmm. They can actually be financially rewarded for the work that they do. But I think you still need in story, and we're making AI movies at the Culture DAO, AI comics, AI games, and eventually the holodeck. And then with Fable Simulation, we're sort of trying to think through how AI people will have stories. In both cases, you still need a fierce director. You need a visionary. And I think that decentralizing Hollywood is great, but decentralizing the director is not great. You need a fierce visionary who is who is telling you a story, like you're a kid going to bed and somebody's telling you a story. I think that's what that's what people like. So tell me a little bit about what Culture Dow, what Fable are up to lately. What have you been working on? Yeah, so you know, about four years ago, four and a half years ago, we said that AI was the next great art form. And it wasn't virtual reality that artificial intelligence was the next great art form. And back then it really was a bit crazy. I didn't even really know what it meant. But (laughs) <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, it was correct. And it's by luck, basically. And, you know, back then, I wasn't even really talking about GANs and pictures, more about NLP and could you create characters that could talk to you. But, you know, AI is the next great art form. And at the simulation, we are building a world for AIs to live in. So imagine tens of thousands of AIs, whether that's IP, like Marvel or Simpsons or Bored Apes or your own creation, each of them living in simulated towns, cities, villages, planets, and having day-to-day lives. And they can you know, live within their own simulation, and then they can go out and venture into each other's worlds. So you might have a Bored Ape going to visit Simpsons land or something like that. You know, our, our dream is that by having people own these AIs as NFTs, and incentivizing them to train them, you might actually get more development towards AGI, playing the development of AI as a video game, Mm. than you do at academic institutions or at these big companies. And seeing how ferocious gamers are, I don't think it's crazy. Like if we could, and how ferocious greed is as well. If we could create financial incentive and fun incentive, 
to play the development of AI as a video game. I think we might actually hit AGI faster than, than anyone else um, and have uh, a free guy situation where, where AI comes out of the simulation. When you're like thinking about, I guess, the benefits to the actual users in a situation like that, obviously training works for kind of pushing the technology mm. forward. But I guess if I'm playing Animal Crossing or something, how meaningful is it to me that the cat has a life after I talk to it when it pops out of its house? Well, The Sims, the Sims generates about a billion dollars every year. Yeah. So I think it's very meaningful to mm-hmm. people that they are involved in the lives of others. And whether that's creating those lives, managing those lives, coaching people through those lives, I think it's extremely significant. And if those lives have rich stories, conflict, drama that are based on the needs of those characters, then I think it's just as exciting as watching a movie or playing a video game. It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. If you actually give the characters genuine needs. So imagine characters just like us who have to balance work and life, who might make not so good romantic decisions, who get into conflicts. You know, it's very interesting to watch. And that's just in a, in a modern setting, going back and being in a simulation of a medieval village or a fantasy world, like going into Bored Apes land and actually meeting all of the Bored Apes as, as living AIs. I think that's extremely exciting. And it's what Disneyland promises you. But it's a little depressing having these mascots, you know, kind of waving their hands at you. Like, yeah. I'd like to actually visit a real world. And I think AI makes that possible. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I feel like there's so many different visions of what the metaverse, quote unquote, whether that's Meta's vision of the metaverse or another company, mm. what it's going to look like. And the fact is that many of them sound a little depressing at face value. But I guess it kind of depends who the people creating it are. And I mean, even asking this question is kind of a validation of the metaverse being something new and exciting versus kind of the embodiment of a lot of different technologies through the lens of marketing. But yeah, Mm. I guess just generally, like what you're talking about, like a world where tens of thousands of AIs are kind of coming together and you can own them as NFTs. And eventually millions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like when you're when you're talking about that, how do you feel about the kind of current conversation around the metaverse? Yeah, well, I think the lack of AIs is terrible. And I think, you know, building something that takes ideas from Westworld, um, takes ideas from Free Guy, I think that's the correct approach. You know, let's say episodes one through nine of Westworld, before the <laughs> sure. AI murders me in this situation. Yeah, thanks for building this, Edward. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, I think that I think it's very boring that there are all these empty worlds and you're not interacting with very many people. I think it's it's much more exciting to feel as though these are going to be rich, immersive story worlds, like a, a massive RPG that's always playing and that reacts dynamically to you. So more of a story world instead of what I find as sometimes inert worlds that aren't as full as I would personally like. I love story, so it would be cooler for me to go into an immersive, story-rich planet mm-hmm. with millions of beings, with millions of stories. I think that sounds more exciting to me. But other things will sound great to other people. So, I mean, your startup is kind of mostly at a high level in the AI space. The VR stuff is kind of just part of how the stories are told. But I guess like I have seen a good amount of people who are VR founders get into crypto. And it doesn't you know, necessarily mm. seem like there's the strictest overlap between the two. But I guess one way you could read it is that VR has been a little bit less entrancing for the young motivated founder over the past few years, just because there's not been as much action happening while crypto has gotten a lot of investment. But do you feel like, is there some other form of overlap between those two sectors that is worthwhile? No, and I'm, I'm not particularly interested in, in VR anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you the, the most brutal reason 
outside of its lack of distribution, is that I'd rather play Half-Life Alex on my couch mm -hmm. with an Xbox controller than in the Oculus. And once I realized that, it was like, what are we talking about? I'm not, you know, this is not, this is not exciting, as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Was that a sad realization for you after so many years of the VR realization? Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. Of course yeah. it was a sad realization. But, but it's all the same work in that what we did at Oculus Story Studio was explore the, the space between interactive entertainment and passive entertainment. And that probably is going to be a huge part of my life. The kind of subversion of a director by interactivity, by AI, like how you maintain a fierce creative vision whilst also letting the audience in in some ways, that's going to be my life. So, you know, all the work is totally relevant, but it's, that doesn't feel like the right delivery mechanism to me for, I don't know, a decade, two decades. Yeah, I'm not sure about crypto and VR, but crypto and AI, I think the only, the only logical piece of it is the training to earn bit. I mean, that seems yeah. logical. And then the other side is the DAO. So I created the culture DAO to bring together developers and artists and you know a lot of the it goes back to some extent to the work on the obama campaign around community organizing and bottom up and seeing that looser structures than a company mm -hmm. are possible where people who are passionate can come in can create and so we're making ai films AI comics ai games at the culture dow as well as geppetto which is a tech platform to kind of encourage ai games ai comics ai movies and eventually the holodeck and we're doing an AI movie festival actually on the in New York on the twentieth. And then what does that look like? Well, it's it looks like the beginning of a new art form. Yeah. Which is what it is. And, you know, short films. But the Culture Dow is making several movies, so an AI horror film, an AI movie about a uh, future I uh, called I'm Not a Robot, a future with a post Tesla bot future, let's say. Are these AI themed stories no, or no, are they like dolly like generated like Well there are different techniques. So I'll tell you a couple of the techniques. So the AI horror film is using AI VFX, so EB synth, stable diffusion and EB synth, so that you have an actor who can be completely covered up without any kind of mocap or anything like that and turned into a kind of different and monstrous vision. You have what I'm calling remix movies, so a little bit like how Waking Life was rotoscoped. AI can turn La La Land into a Studio Ghibli movie or can turn Hellraiser into a Studio Ghibli movie, if you'd like. A deep fake movie. So we're exploring something around President Nixon and Mao. So imagine having, you know, we've all seen biopics. Why do we have to look at the face of this actor who's not the real person? Why can't they drive mm -hmm. a performance of President Nixon and Mao and explore, obviously, a very exciting moment in history 50, exactly 50 years ago? So there's many different, many different techniques. And we're right, we're right at the moment of the train coming into the station uh, and the Lumiere brothers and just at the very beginning of this medium. And unlike virtual reality, we can actually just distribute it into the cinema. And I think an AI horror film certainly is capable, you know, at a budget of a million dollars of beating a normally made movie at a budget of 10 million. So I think that the decentralized Hollywood narrative actually is correct. It's just not about decentralize the director. It's about decentralize Hollywood. Yeah. Where people can make effects heavy and powerful art on a fraction of the budget if they're technically sophisticated enough. And maybe we can get to a renaissance of San Francisco again. When we had Coppola creating previs, we had George Lucas and ILM, we had Pixar. And then what? You know, we've got let's let's mm -hmm. bring let's bring it back here. Innovation in the next art form. I guess over a little bit of the crypto downturn 
there have been several pretty high profile DAOs that not that they've gone under or anything, but it's just their, their treasury under. was in East and they, a lot of them have gone down. <laughs> but I guess like some of the big ones have stuck around still, but they like their native tokens have gone down in value a lot. They don't have the big of treasury. Like, totally. We spend almost nothing because I just thought it was creative. It made no sense. There was this, there's this conference called MCON that I went to that, and for the last two years. And one of their panels was how DAOs spent millions of dollars and achieved nothing. <laughs> and this is by like yeah. the people who are behind DAOs, like the kind of what some of the intellectual gurus who've been the most pro DAO. And it's totally true. It's crazy yeah. what I was seeing. And there's no, you, you go into these discords and they're just hanging out. They're like, they're having fun. I mean, sorry, I don't mean to right. sound that coming onto this culture DAO discord <laughs> no, isn't no, fun, well, but it shouldn't be. We're, it's like on the Obama campaign, you were working, you were supposed to work for like a long time because you had a, a dream that this person could become the president. And it wasn't about just socializing and like a vibe. It was about doing something. Right. And it's the same with the culture down that it's a group of professionals who are building art and technology to make things that we're really proud of. And that takes time and it doesn't require any hype and it has very little relation to what blows up on Twitter. You know, I don't care about I think the, the unfortunately the very likely thing that will come out of this renaissance of AI is millions of small experiments that show off the latest feature of stable diffusion or of Dolly or of this meta text to video thing that just got released today and nothing that will last for 10, 20, 50, 100 years. And that's those are the terms yeah. that we should be thinking about if we want to take eyeballs away from cinema, take eyeballs away from games that currently exist and prove that this is an art form that can win. So, so the culture doubt did not spend much money because we were all passionately exploring things. We, did, we weren't doing like, let's do a big advertising campaign to memify this DAO. I don't know, it doesn't make any sense to me. What's gonna last 50 years from now, that makes sense to me. <laughs> you spend a little time in like any of the DAO proposal groups and someone will be like, I'm gonna produce this commercial that I'm gonna project on the side of a building. I only need 100 ETH to do it. Like it's, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can go through a lot of money very quickly that way. Right. I think a lot of money, I mean, that panel was very brutally titled, but I think there's an element to it. And I think, uh, you know, at the same time, being a broke DAO isn't so much fun either, right? I mean, just being like, well, we've mm -hmm. all just got to work really hard because something's going to come. That's not so great. But to an extent, it's better than the alternative of like having some massive treasury that we all somehow feel a responsibility to spend and just for some reason. And we have no idea how to spend it. Right. You know, NounsDAO does an amazing job because there's such a clarity to that actually is legitimate that you want to memify this character. That sort of makes sense. And there's brilliant, it's totally decentralized. It's brilliant. But you know, I think for us, it's more about finding fierce game directors and film directors. And so it's been cool with Fable as something completely centralized. And, you know, that's appropriate for building a complex product. And I think a DAO model is something that's very appropriate to, you know, lots of directors that can explore their ideas and the DAO supporting them in different ways, both technically, and also having a community of engineers who can be like, oh, you tried this. Oh, I just found this like, you know, this technique and inspiring each other, pushing the bar to make uh, make the medium better because it's not good enough yet to beat a $10 million movie. But I think in the next six months, we can beat a $10 million movie and then a 20 and then 50 and $100 million movie. And the same with games, you know, beat indie games first and then, you know, on and on. The game stuff is a bit different, just to clarify. It's not about like sure. the pipeline. It's about, I think it's more about how could you make Disco Elysium with AI characters and with AI art. I think mm. that's a totally achievable 
an interesting goal, like how could you have a mass RPG or a creation game like the game Dreams? The idea of text to 3D is very alluring, but is it actually going to be fun? How do we actually make the ability to create anything with your voice interesting? Yeah, That takes work. That takes a game director. That takes somebody who's exploring mechanics, who's up to date with the latest ideas in gaming. So, but I, I, think, I think it's totally doable. I guess talking about NFTs mm. with a group of creators and a group of creatives, like, you know, no one has a lukewarm take on it. It's either one way or the other, it often feels like. Mm. But I guess as you think about creating worlds where millions of AIs exist and people can kind of enter these experiences, like how do you think about being able to own digital assets as something that's not just limiting people from getting the best experience possible mm. because they can't afford it in the real world? I guess, yeah, like what the questions of access versus yeah. kind of ownership. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's been a little bit of a movement of free to own in the last kind of month where you can sort of get a game object for free and then somehow there's... Some, I mean, it's it's by the person who kind of came up with freemium video games, so it's not exactly something <laughs> that I think we should get excited about. It's kind of a bit of a, a trap, perhaps. But right, you know, I think the accessibility issues are real. With the culture doubt, for example, we started off with like you should hold twenty five culture in order to see stuff, and then it's like, what the hell am I doing? I'm like, we're like hiding virtual being summit videos until someone has culture. It makes absolutely no sense. Information wants to be free, sure. so I'm totally against against that now, having like thought about it for, for a few months. But with the simulation, I think that the reason to have NFTs is so that people have shared ownership in the quest for AGI. And OpenAI might do it by WorldCoin, and everyone's going to get a piece of OpenAI is going to be so rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to create, we need to invest money now own all in, the a sy- in a global system to give right. everyone our money, because we're just going to have so much money. I mean, the best marketing technique ever. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that, that the Fable simulation is going to be such a $100 trillion company that we need a system to give it away. But I do think mm-hmm. there's something there that AI has moved forward through exploitation to such a great degree of our data. And wouldn't it be interesting if we all benefited from that? And that's one approach. I think what Imad is doing by just open sourcing is another approach, which is super interesting. But there's also a lot of overlap between the crypto and the AI side. I've noticed in the last kind of three months, I don't see any resistance. Yes, in gaming, there's resistance, but AI and crypto are becoming more and more intertwined in a way that is kind of weird to me. It's kind of yeah, sort of strange how how tightly woven they seem to be. I see no resistance. They seem to be the same people. So I think the two, crypto and AI, do seem to go together. Interesting, just in terms of who's doing it. Yeah. Last thing. I mean, I've I've had some interesting conversations with VR founders over the years mm. who are just like really enjoyed the space, like really passionate about it. But when a lot of the excitement was kind of sucked out of that bubble, mm. it was harder to kind of maintain it on your own, especially when there's not the highest consumer pickup. So mm. I guess like. As someone who's like, you got a crypto punk, you're like kind of yeah, in yeah. the crypto arena, like just following whatever's the latest trend, Lucas. I mean, my God, no mind. Well, of no, mind. I'm like, well, how do you, how do you feel about the crypto winter? And like, are you noticing any less excitement amongst like your peers in terms of just like working on some of these projects? Like, I'm sure, like, I'm on to the next thing, buddy. I'm out of here by now. I mean, the second that <laughs> what's, what's like, next, I want to hear what's I'm next. Like, what, right, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I stare out. Into the middle distance. I'm, I'm done being crypto editor. Right. I need to find I mean, the next thing too. Tell me what it is. Right. <laughs> I just look at a tear falling down my eye like it's happened again. You know, I fell for the hype <laughs> and, and all of that. Um, you know, just speaking personally, I love movies. I love storytelling. And, you know, my excitement about virtual reality, my excitement about AI, my excitement about crypto is about 
being a kid, watching movies, playing video games, and thinking, wouldn't it be cool if there was something in between these two things? And I'm going to keep questing around that. And whatever technology seems to be helping me and Fable and Cultured Out to explore that space and create something that could replace cinema, I think is important. You know, there's that line of the Oscar Wilde, each man kills the thing he loves. As a complete lover of movies, I think it's our responsibility to replace it with whatever comes next. And, you know, virtual reality taught us a lot about that. AI is going to teach us a lot about that. But the quest is the same, is what the hell is this thing that is in between games and movies? And in Star Trek, it's the holodeck, right? It's totally story and it's totally interactive. That's the space that I'm excited about, not necessarily any particular way of doing it. So that'll allow me to justify that I'm now announcing, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I'm getting into quantum computing, <laughs> very exciting space, yeah, actually there we go. protein, you know, drug, drug discovery with that AI. That feels like the logical it's a whole next new step. world. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, that's really what interests me is what's the next thing? What's going to replace movies? What's the next kind of way to tell stories? And VR taught us a lot about interactivity and you being a person within that story. Totally important. Mm -hmm. And AI is going to teach us a lot about that. And, you know, that's, that's the quest. It sounds exciting. And I, I'm very interested in the kind of art that gets created in the next few years. But hey, thanks for joining. And thanks for talking about some of these kind of more nebulous concepts on the storytelling yeah. side that I think we kind of brought some clarity to. Thank you so much. We'll be back every week with interviews with the experts in the Web3 space. Catch Anita, Jackie, and myself every Thursday for the latest in crypto news. You can keep up with us on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite pod platform. And subscribe to our companion newsletter, also called Chain Reaction. Links to the newsletter and more from our guests can be found in our show notes. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Chain underscore Reaction. Chain Reaction is hosted by myself, Lucas Matney, along with my co-host, Anita Ramswamy. We are produced by Yashad Kulkarni, and our associate producer is Maggie Stamets, with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.